0: We're in Exodus. We're taking that journey with uh, Moses through the, uh, uh, through the wilderness. And as we go on this journey, I want you to think about your life as a journey through a wilderness. The wilderness is not outdoors. The wilderness is your life in dependency upon God. And that every step of your life, you have to find a way to depend on God, because if you don't, you depend on yourself. I love this story of a a gifted violinist named Chrysler, and Chrysler wanted to buy this really rare Stradivarius. It was owned by an Englishman who was quite wealthy and did not want to part with it. He didn't play himself, but he looked at it as as an investment and a collection piece. On one occasion, Chrysler contacted him yet again and said to him, would it be possible for me to just come by and hold it, to touch it, to see it? And the Englishman said, Yeah, come to my house, it'll be fine. So he went there to his house, he picked it up, and he he took the violin, and he put it underneath his chin, and he began to play. As he played, he looked over and the Englishman's eyes began to tear up, he began to cry. And Kressler said again, he said, I'm sorry, but I was so much like to buy this instrument. But the Englishman said, It's not for sale. With tears streaming down his face. He said, but it's yours to keep for free. Because you are the master violinist. So I thought about that story. I thought about how many times we are either just set aside and, and not played by the master. We're out of tune. We're out of touch. Not realizing that in every step along life's journey, there is this opportunity to, for dependency on him and to come to the realization that God is indeed who God says He is. You see, when you really start to walk in the Spirit of God, you'll find out that the presence of God and the kingdom of God are merged. When you enter into His presence, you are enter into His kingdom. And God wants you living in the power and the presence of God Himself. You know, the enemy really doesn't want you to succeed in life. In fact, he wants to distract you and discourage you all along life's journey. He'll put obstacles in front of you. He'll put difficulties in front of you. And how many times you think to yourself, God, I just wish you'd give me a different vision, a different mission. Wish you'd give me a different life. wonder how many times Moses must have said that. Forty years in the wilderness. Do you think he wasn't bummed out at times? He had to be. But he was on a mission. And you know what he did? He kept pushing forward because he knew sooner or later the realization of what God was doing was going to happen. You see, did you ever think that the wilderness is orchestrated by God Himself? When you read in the Scripture, this passage we're going to look at in just a minute, it was God who led them into the wilderness, led them to this place called Rephidim where there was no water. That wasn't an accident. That was the plan of God Himself. But God is always behind the scene, and He's orchestrating things that we don't see, that we don't understand, in order to work out His divine plan. But you see, the greatest enemies you and I will face are not circumstances, not difficulties, not problems. The greatest enemy we will find is the voice within. You ever find yourself talking to yourself? It's when you kind of don't know how to answer yourself is when you run into problems. You go, huh? What? I'm not sure. Sometimes you hear a voice that says, you're a failure. Sometimes you hear a voice that says, this isn't going to work. Sometimes you hear a voice that say, you're not that smart. And all of a sudden, you, you find yourself will be flooded with all kinds of things that go through. But yet, I want you to listen to what God says in His Word. So let's take our Bibles and look to the book of, uh, of Exodus, chapter 17. We're going to look in verses 1 through 7. Holler out when you got it. You got it? That's right, most of you. All right. Chapter, one, uh, chapter 17, verse 1. Then all the congregation of the Israel set out on their journey from the wilderness of sin, according to the commandment of the Lord, and they camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. You see what God did? God led them right to a dry hole. He led them to a place where there was going to have to be dependency upon God. Therefore the people contended with Moses and said, Give us water that we may drink. So Moses said unto them, Why do you contend with me, and why do you tempt the Lord? And the people thirsted there for water, and the people complained and complained, and they said, uh, why is it that you have brought us out out of Egypt to to kill us, to kill our children and our livestock with thirst? You see, the motive was being attacked there. You brought us out here, but it really was God that brought them out there. Moses was just a human instrument. You want us to die, don't you? You want us to die? You want our kids to die? You want our livestock to die? It's kind of a silly comment if you stop and think about it. But look what happens here. Moses cried out to the Lord. You know what that is? That's prayer. He had only one response God, what are you doing? I wonder how many times he cried out to the Lord. He said, And what shall I do with this people? They are almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go before the people, take with you some of the elders of Israel and take in your hand the rod with which you struck the river and go. That rod that he's talking about there was the one he used. Remember with the ten plagues and he struck the Nile River and it turned into blood? It was a symbol or a picture of the power of God in his life. That God was working through all of that and in a miraculous way. In fact, every time Moses turns around, it seems like a miracle is coming out of his life. He said, God says in verse 6, Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock in Oreb... And you shall strike the rock, and water will come out of it, and the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. So he called the name of the place Masa and Meribah because of the contention of the children of Israel, because they tempted the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us? So Israel's whole perspective on this was, you think God is really with us in this whole process? Where is God in all of this? Here's a couple of things I want you to see as we take this journey. The first one is this. You can't tame the wilderness. The wilderness is always there. In fact, when you fast forward a couple thousand years, you come up to the time of Jesus. Guess what? He's led out into the wilderness by the Spirit of God to be tempted by the devil. They get to Rephidim, there's no water. Of course there's no water. God wanted it that way. God put them in a position just like he puts you in a position so that you come to a place of dependency on him. It says there in verse 1, it was according to the commandment of God they went to that place. I want to show you the law of divine irony. Here's the, here it is. The word rephidim, you know what it means? Resting place. Isn't that funny? God leads them to the place of rest, and there is no rest. God works through divine irony all the time. Also, you don't change the wilderness. The wilderness changes you. It either makes you better or it makes you worse. But the wilderness will have an effect on your life. The wilderness reminds that you reminds us that we can't stay where we are. Do you notice what it said? They camped at Rephidim. How many of you are campers? Raise your hand. Let me see. Any campers? I hate camping. I want to go on record right now. Hate camping. You say, oh, you should try it. You never camped with me. I don't want to camp with you unless you're going to a hotel I don't want to camp anymore I'm done with it He said, well you're not being fair I am being fair let me tell you my experience in camping when I was young we went camping when I was in high school we used to camp up to the base of Long's Peak in Colorado in the winter with snowshoes alright we we'd set up tents I don't know why I still don't know why we did that I camped all the time so anyway we fast forward now we're married and and I've got uh, two young boys, and they say, we want to go camping, Dad. I'm thinking, I don't want to go camping. But, you know, it's kind of like a father-son thing. you got to do the camping thing every once in a while, right? I go, okay, we'll go camping. We had a van. I said, we'll get a tent. And so we took the tent. We set it up in Colorado, and we've got it out there. We all get in the, in the little tent, you know, and I'm laying there thinking, this is miserable. I hate camping. I hate camping. The boys, isn't this exciting, Dad? Yeah, it's really exciting. I'm loving it. And all of a sudden, it started to rain. Now, when I say rain, I'm talking Noah-style rain. The rain's coming down. The tent is supposed to be waterproof. You got it. It's not waterproof. It's leaking. It's flooding. It's everything. And so I just suggest to my boys, well, let's just get in the van and sleep tonight. You know, and and it's kind of like camping. No! And they're crying, you know, and you know those kind of tears, you know, their the, the veins in their necks sticking out, and the snot's coming down their face, and you're going, oh, I, you know, I can't break their heart, you know, I guess we'll just keep camping in the water. So we're laying there, and all of a sudden, I waited, and the minute they fell asleep, I looked at my wife, and I said, let's transport them into the van. We're sleeping in the van tonight, I'll roll up the tent, we'll put it in the back. So we picked them up, we got them in the van, we took the tent, we rolled it up, we put it in the back of the van, and uh, we're laying there and I'm laying there like 20 minutes on this hard floor in this van and I looked over and I go we're driving home <laughs> she goes we can't drive home They're and they won't know the difference so we drive home all the way home like an hour and a half we pull up in front of the house we pack them in they still don't wake up we put them in their beds right we go to bed I'm laying in bed thinking I love this kind of camping God thank you so much they wake up in the morning hey what happened Miracle <laughs> Miracle, God transported us here. Star Trek kind of stuff, I'm talking. Transported right here. Camping, don't like it. See, the wilderness reminds you you can't stay where, where you are, but also in the wilderness, you, you're reminded that your problem is smaller than God. You know what we do? we make our problems.